Episode 1055, it's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, it's downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. And joining me from his parents' house, it's uh, Marty from Social Club Misfits joining us this week. <laughs> we are in the building. Yes, we are in a literal building. Dude, my parents' yeah, what house. What is building. this aesthetic? It is. It is. Ni- it's giving me '90s home goods. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the aesthetic is Sopranos seasons uh, three through five, and that's what's Just happening. I'm dead serious. My mom is Carmela. I was telling downtown Emily Brown. My mom is Carmela, and it. like right now, my mom is cooking lasagna. It's a whole I vibe. I don't I know why it. I left. You know, I don't know why I left. Is that? Does she have? Uh, does she have on the? Is that your gold albums or something on the wall behind? That's a uh, right here. Yeah. Talking about right here. Okay, yeah. so that's a ball, and that's uh that's from Frank Sinatra's house. I don't know why my parents have that. Oh. Okay, so if actually if I show you this entire aesthetic of this room, uh-huh. there's like famous po- like right here uh, is the Godfather signed by the entire cast. Real, real stuff. Uh, the Passion of the Christ. I don't know why my parents have that signed by Mel Gibson. There's that. Um, then I have. So they're movie uh, just, people. Yeah, this is actually. I'm actually in the theater room right now. Like, uh, okay. you know, my parents are. My parents are doctors, so got you. Okay, so you didn't grow up with a rough life. You grew up in a doctor's home. Uh, half of my life was neighbors stealing my stuff, living in like Fort Lauderdale, just bad. And then I think my dad was like, "All right, we're not doing this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go extra hard." And during high school, we moved into this house, so it was a big jump from going to like a D-list school because we were kind of in like the hood area and then we went to like Marjorie Stoneman Douglas which is like an A-plus school so I ended up working out. Wait, wait, wait. The Marjorie Stoneman Douglas? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Oh, man. That one. Dang. Yeah, terrible news. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I'm yeah. glad you're joining us today. Uh, Derek and Jamie are out so we love and, and this I is I love a, that hat, by the way. I know, right? Social club hat, baby. You know <laughs> how we're doing it. it. I, I wear go. it all the time. Do you see how worn out this thing is? It is. I great. love it. You wear it to those Orlando games, dude. I wear it. Well, high fiving the players on the dude. I wear it everywhere. I mean, this thing is literally <laughs> beat up. I wore. I you know I got it at a Life Fest last summer. Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. I yeah. It. So cool. Yeah, man. Awesome, man. Thank you for supporting. Absolutely. That's the thing is I go I go see artists that I like and I always end up hitting up the merch table. You know, I got to buy some stuff. That, support. That means a lot. Listen, the guys. It matters for everyone. It matters. I know, right? All right. So we have a great show in store for you guys. Royal Otis, one of our favorite artists, up and coming indie bands, joins us later. We. Feel Feature them in the new issue of Relevant uh, that just came out a couple weeks ago. But that's not the big news. This The big news is this is a two-episode celebration. None, he doesn't know I'm going to say this, but none other than our very own Jesse Carey has a momentous life milestone happening this weekend. So this is the Friday episode, the Tuesday episode, straddling it right in the middle on Sunday is Jesse Carey's 40th birthday. It's his physical age, wow. not his mental or emotional age. Yeah. Because that still hasn't escaped middle school. But It was stunted. It was stunted at, at 14. And uh, <laughs> 14. I just kind of liked it there. You know, it's you don't <laughs> uh, you don't have to think too hard about stuff. 
And everything is funny at 14. The great thing about 14-year-olds is 14-year-olds are basically all sociopaths. They, they make fun of everything. And if you just stop you know, developing emotionally there, you can never feel pain again. Just be like a 14-year-old. That is, <laughs> I learned that at on-site. <laughs> this is like the sequel to 13 going on 30, but it's 14 going on 40. I'm getting a really good insight. Oh, yeah. yeah the, 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 I like are. it. This is just, it's, it, this is just terrible. This is terrible therapy. Terrible counseling <laughs> advice is just to regress. A lot, of, a lot of therapy, I have my own method. A lot of therapists teach uh-huh. you how to grow you know, and mature right, right. And, and move to a new emotional place. I'm all about regressing to a time <laughs> when you, when you, your buddy fell off, you know, a bike and got hurt. It's hilarious. And you're not going to go render help. Like that is the age where you're impervious to everything. Cause everything is a joke. You know, that is my, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a therapy book about it. And it's, it's going to be a big bestseller because it's so against the mold, but that's, that's how I feel 40 going on 14, yeah, 40 going on 14 uh, <laughs> re- 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 reflections on a midlife man who lives like a, yeah. Re- re- reflections. What a great name. We're for, uh, reflections on a reflections. life not lived. Like, what would that be? Reflections on a life poorly lived. Yeah. <laughs> poorly lived. Yeah. Irresponsibly, yeah. irresponsibly lived. Irresponsibly yeah. lived. Yeah. All That's you right. have to do yeah. is continue to just think like a fortune. Reflections on a life stunted. There you <laughs> the go. stunted life. Yeah. And it's going to have like big fancy scripts. <laughs> the stunted life, but it's in the purpose driven life. Yeah. Stunted 101. Life font, like purple, but it's the stunted like life script. Now, Marty, speaking of purple <laughs> yeah. script, inspiration books in this home that of your parents that you are now visiting are there any bathrooms with like a wicker basket next to the toilet that has several books with charisma magazines and and, and prayer of jabez and stuff okay so my mom has a prayer office and it's like prayer colossal over it and stuff like that so that's cool um she's got a whole like tbn uh like bookshelf situation there's a lot of uh, dried flowers everywhere you know like in bowls everything like that there's air uh uh, acorns and stuff like that it's it's definitely uh i mean I, i promise you guys at the end of this i'm gonna lift up my laptop and show you what used to be a pool table and now that my parents are grandparents, they made it into Disney World, made out of Legos. It's un, it's it's insane, and it's uh, I'm not even embarrassed by it. I'm like impressed by it. It's pretty crazy. Are you a little jealous that it wasn't around in your own childhood? It wasn't. My parents, uh, yeah. So the you know they always say like the parents you wanted are your mm-hmm. your your kids have. So it's like the grandparents are really the parents that you wanted. So I uh, yeah, we never had this. Uh, I had a I had a swing set <laughs> that you would bash your teeth on. That's what I had. And uh, you'd fall and like lose the air out of your chest. And you're like, (gasps) you know, like that's what I had growing up. We didn't have, uh, my parents were like, go outside. I'm like, it's, it's like, there's gangs outside. Just go. It'll be fine. Join it. It's fine. Just go outside. Go outside. Okay, fine. I'm a Latin king now, dad. (laughs) Is there any place in the home that has like a shine to you at like the age of 17? Like, like, like there's no pictures or or trophies or anything. You're kidding. There is no, I, I never won anything growing up. Um, I didn't even show up to picture day at school. Dude, I never showed up to school at all, actually. I was a terrible kid. What The only thing I really did learn in school was um, I stole a bunch of watches. This is a true story. Stole a bunch of watches and I sold them to staff. Teachers were buying watches from me. It was crazy. Wait, 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 so wait, 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 wait. I always wait, wait. made like- Teachers were buying black market watches? 
Where where were you stealing watches from? I ran a racket um in my school and got like in serious trouble with the police and all these people. And so like um I stole these watches. I think my dad bought watches to to like like they weren't super at the time it was like eBay just was invented. So it's like, you know, buy a lot of watches. And my dad had like 20, 30 watches and I would just take them and then I would sell them to teachers and stuff. And I, I made like a thousand dollars when I was like 16, like seriously made that money. And the, like my teacher was like, you're not going to amount to anything. You're hustling, you're doing this. And like that day, the police like arrested me in the back of like a, it's a whole situation. And I, nothing happened to me. I was totally fine. I got to keep the money and everything like that, but <laughs> it was like a whole racket. I had the whole school like working for me at the time. I was like Randy in the wire where I had like a bag of candy like i was just hustling i was just always always wanted money to to waste on junk i don't know to waste on pogs i don't know what I, I was doing i'm interested then. is how you got caught because i'm what i'm picturing is some sort of 21 jump street situation where there's a new kid that comes to the school yeah. and for some reason that kid looks like he's 28 um he's very cool yeah and he ensconches himself in the culture just because he heard there's like a watch ring going around, you know, new cool. Yeah. When Kanye saw me, he became racist again. <laughs> That's the 21 Jump Street story that I live. Um, no, but uh, yeah. So, dude, I just I came from a Christian school because I kicked out of normal school in middle school, like normal. I was just not doing good. And so my parents put me in a private school and anybody who knows going to a Christian private school than going to a regular normal school where kids actually have cool outfits and stuff because i was wearing my own you know i wore like the freddy cougar shirt in school and like khaki pants five days a week so when i went to normal school like it was a it was total i didn't have any friends i just started from square one so i figured let me start selling stuff and making friends and i ended up having a, a crime racket um <laughs> through, through the years of 2003 to 2005 almost didn't graduate because of it and then they could never track the money that was the, the biggest issue is they didn't know they knew i sold like 50 watches i was selling candy i was selling stuff i was just terrible they knew i'd made the money because i ended up selling it to a teacher named mr rodriguez and he bought like two watches off me and long story short they didn't ever found the money well so. i, I you know, they can I, prove I like me. to think you probably I, laundered my it. My jaw is on the floor. Did, I like to think you like laundered it through like a scholastic book fair. Like, oh, you know, that's I, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely stole books from that fair and resold them. It was a whole, like the Goodfellas, you remember Goodfellas where they're all wearing yellow sweaters because mm -hmm. they stole a truck of yellow sweaters. That was me. I was selling the yellow sweaters in school uh, at a profit. Well, so, so this is a great like, chapter for Jesse's book that he's writing. Yeah. This yes, is, I yes. mean, this is, I'm this going to be the influence. intro. People were like, "Hey, man, where'd you the stunted life? Where'd you get the stunted Where'd you life? get that awesome poster of a green Lambo?" And you're like, oh, "Don't worry about it. I definitely yeah, didn't they were the book fair, you know." I was little Bow Wow in uh, Fast and the Furious Three. Do you remember that Fast and Furious? <laughs> yeah. He's like selling headphones and stuff. He's opening up a bag. And he's yeah. like, he's a car that has the the like the Hulk like punch the car. I don't even remember that movie. It's such a bad movie. But it's I was not. Bow That's wow. one of the better no, Bow it wow. Fast and Furious it movies. Are you kidding me? Movie. Culture appropriation, man. Just fully culture. Like everyone there is not really from that part of like Japan. They're all from different. There's they're one expats. girl who's white. They all speak they're, English. They're you know expats. what I'm saying? Like it's just, yeah, that's what it must be because, and then the Yakuza is there and they're like, you know what? We're not going to kill you. We're going to race. That's how we're going to solve this issue. They're all GIs and expats and stuff. And that they all, that's why they all, yeah, that's the whole it was premise. A crazy, 
Yeah, it was a crazy. Uh, yeah, Tokyo Drift was everywhere. Paul Walker, Vin Diesel's at the yeah. end of the movie. And you ever hear the story when he, he did that just to own the franchise? They gave him the franchise because he showed himself at the very end of it. I don't know if you guys know that, it, but yeah, it, that that, that movie basically doesn't belong in that in that in the in that catalog. In Which is opinion. why it's wonderful. Yeah. It, 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 it is a great movie, man. Han is great in it. I'm I'm I, I, I was low bawa, then I evolved to Han. Yeah, I evolved to Han <laughs> with the just the stolen murder. No one got hurt. That's all that film, matters. Any film that involves some criminal enterprise, enterprise settling a score, not through violence, but through some sort of competition. It's like over the top with Sylvester Stallone. We don't know why, <laughs> but he's going to end up arm wrestling to for determine the custody of his child. For his yeah, child. Exactly. He arm so wrestled for, for a child at the end of, for a child. He arm wrestled <laughs> for custody. <laughs> custody for a child. Who wrote that movie? That's what I want to know. Have you ever actually, uh, Jesse, have you ever seen a uh, Cobra? Dude, I you know it's it's funny you say that because I was watching Cobra literally the other night. The other okay? guys was made from Cobra. <laughs> everyone, everyone likes the other guys with Will Ferrell. That yeah. all those bad movies yeah, yeah, came yeah. from the movie Cobra. It's so awesome. It, well, th- th- so do you know the, the reason if you watch Cobra, which is his movie, it's a movie starring Sylvester Stallone where he plays a, a character they call the Cobra. <laughs> and there are there is literally some deranged cult that is just randomly yeah. attacking grocery stores at yes. the beginning of the film. Shooting that it is up. the plot. Yeah. yeah shooting Jeff Goldblum, I think, and, is in it shooting a pl- I think something's happening. He's shooting somebody. It's it's bad. And, and, and Stallone just, just rolls up on a motorcycle with a toothpick and single-handedly takes out the cult. Shoots everybody. The plot of the no film. No questions. Yeah, just walks in there and, and very casually, no, not tactically. He's in like he's in the same jeans that he like trained in Rocky Three, climbed a mountain. Yes, in. and and he goes in and just walks in and takes out the whole cult. Marty, I don't know when the last time you watched Cobra because, like I said, it's Yesterday. on Netflix. I was actually watching it the other day. <laughs> he doesn't wear a Do police you know, outfit. There's no identification. He's just in all black yeah, with sunglasses at night, shooting people. Well, do you know why the plot makes no, like literally makes no sense? There are huge holes in it and things just happen that don't make sense. They had an original cut, but the studio was like, this is way too, like Stallone, I think wrote it. And that was when he was on a hot streak. You know, he had, he had won an Oscar for, for, uh, for Rocky. Rocky. And so he had a green light and he wrote this long crime (laughs) epic and the studio was like three hours is too long, man. We're going to trim this down to 90 minutes. And they just randomly cut scenes. And that's why the movie makes zero sense. I need the, I need the uncensored (laughs) cut that we could, I wish we could all jump on like a, like a call and watch the movie and just commentary on it. Like that's what I want to, I want to do that with Chris. Christian movies. That's the Cameron. That's the podcast I want. I want to watch God's Not Dead Seven, Tokyo Drift, and I want to just comment. Have you ever seen God's Not Dead? My mom has all four of them or five of them. They're so whoever wrote that was just a white dude because there's a one. The the first scene of the movie, the guy's like, "Hi, I'm Asian. That's the country where I'm from. I'm dead serious. That's what happens." He introduces himself by saying, "I'm Asian and I'm from Asia," and they don't allow the Bible in the country I'm from, which is Asia. So they like. He made sure that you know he was Asian and no. didn't have Bibles, and he's like, "I'm from Asia." Like, what? That's a big continent, right? Like, what are we talking about here, guy? He's like, "I'm are one. I'm, I'm from one I've of seventeen countries them. in Asia." Like, I'm dead serious. It starts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna film it and just send it to you guys. The writers are like, "They'll get oh the my idea. Gosh. People yeah. get the They're idea. like, "We gotta write Gilmore Girls it. after this. We'll just knock this one out real quick." <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. All right. We're moving the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Relevant Buzz.
Ooh, the boy don't run out of moves. Catch me move walk across that. Oh, hold up. I ain't bring the right shoes, and if I move wrong, I'ma need head shoes. Hold up. You hear them knees cracking? Let's get this bread. I don't need Atkins. I'm a full blown mess. I don't need napkins. You guys all talk. I'ma need action. They asking who I rap, and if you don't know now, then take a guess. Like you're listening to none other than Social Club Misfits and DJ Last. Another than Marty, Marty Mar and Fern. The song is "Who Is That?" Okay, it's time for relevant buzz. All right, Emily, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Um, okay, first off, we got to start with some myth busting. Um, who here saw the image of the Pope and the Balenciaga jacket going around this past weekend? So crazy, <laughs> Pope trip. So, I tweeted oh, yeah. it. Pope trip, incredible. I, I got I got Holy I got trip. hoodwinked. I thought it was I thought it was real. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it turns out real? it was fake, guys. What? It's not real. That was an AI generated image. Yeah, it duped everybody. Uh cuz it looks so realistic. Like he like there's multiple images, but um yeah, the this guy, he um he's remaining anonymous cuz he does not want to be um no, but his, he did share his first name, which is Pablo. He created this image using artificial intelligence tool called Midjourney that creates these very realistic looking fake images. And he posted it to Reddit just because he thought it was funny. But then it made it to Twitter where everyone was like, wow, the Pope looks so cool. He looks awesome. And they just spread it everywhere. And it turns out he does not have a Balenciaga jacket. Um, but it, yeah. it got everyone, like literally everyone. It got yeah. everyone. Yeah, it was spread all over the week, all over the weekend, and and it's the same software that did the the photos of like Trump being arrested mm-hmm. and all these like celebrity things that are not real at all. Basically, what happened with Midjourney is you can't believe anything, anything you see on your screen have now. You, have you I guys mean, played with it very much, Midjourney? No, it's, I have not. It's really really fun. But you're also like, you wonder like what the per now, whenever I see like mid journey pictures out in the wild, I'm for people who haven't used it, it's basically like a discord server that you just write, Mm -hmm. like you just write out the, what you want to see, you know, but it's really hard to like get your language right to like make it translate exactly what is in your head. I'm one like did the person who did the 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 uh pope code just say pope in massive white puffer like uh it was Balenciaga specifically oh, was it? Yeah. he was like I think he said he played yeah, around uh-huh. with it a little bit before he got them. but yeah. once he got it he was like oh these are great let me share them but okay I'm curious Jesse since you've messed around with it is there a yeah. way to tell when it's a mid journey image or like do you just have to kind of know Well mid journey is the most realistic one I've played around with a lot of them there's right. probably 20 AI text to image generators and they usually come off really distorted and weird. Yeah, I've just seen like a little blurry. mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done like celebrities riding unicorns (laughs) and junk like that. They look like totally distorted. Did you see the Will Smith trying to eat pasta one going around the last couple days? I saw Will Smith I saw the Chris Rock. It's like Chris Rock's view of Will Smith smacking him. Have you seen that one? That one's pretty good. I gotta say he's like yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like in there like posing like it's pretty crazy. But usually you can tell when they're fake. That's this one just looks so real. That's what was. It doesn't so help that he's in Balenciaga it. either, with the whole controversy and the whole kid right. thing going on. It just doesn't. Yeah. Not a- so yeah, it just created all this controversy because everyone was thinking the Pope was like endorsing mm-hmm. Balenciaga, wow. considering all the drama. But then it turned yeah. like he yeah. was not wearing it. Um, they did say that I think if you zoom in on like it's either his right or his left hand, you can kind of tell mm. that's how like that's how right you can hand, tell yeah. it was generated. But 
I mean, the cat, you know, I'm scrolling Twitter. I'm not zooming in on the You're Pope's hand. I'm it. looking, I'm looking at that like belt yep. that he's got on and the big cross. Like I'm looking at everything else. So, but yeah, it's, but it usually internet. is the fingers. Yeah. It's usually mm. fingers. I give it Have away. Have you ever guys ever heard that? But sorry, Ken, uh, six months from now, six months from now, it'll fix the fingers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's getting better so fast. Like right now it's fingers, but I mean, Pretty soon we won't be able to tell, mm. you know. But have you guys ever heard that thing where billionaires don't wear coats? This is random, but like that's you ever heard that thing on Succession that just came out the new season? That's one of the things that they learn hanging out with billionaires. They don't wear coats, so the Pope should never wear a coat, right? He's a billionaire because they're always being driven from point A to point B. They never have to put a coat on. They're never in the cold. No, no, I, I find that interesting <laughs> though. Though the Pope mobile, it's, it's true it's from Succession. The guy was like, you know, billionaires do not wear coats because. They're constantly being in the back of a car. It gets really hot. So they don't have to drive. They don't have to walk anywhere. So where's the Pope going? They need to wear a coat, really. You know, like he's not. Isn't the Pope mobile a convertible yeah. or is it one of those bubbles? It's like plastically wrapped, right? It's like, got the bubble. Yeah, yeah. It's got bulletproof bubble or else people would be bing, 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 you know, going after him. But you bring a good point because if he's walking around at the Vatican, right? Or, or, or he's doing, he's he's up on that balcony addressing the the, the crowds or whatever. And it's cold out. He's going to be rocking a coat. My, yeah. Is his? Does he ever? Does he have like a custom puffer in the in the in the papal <laughs> closet, or or is it, or is it just some like <laughs> thick robe? You know, like what is his outerwear situation? I, I'm 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 genuinely. I think, I think he's got the cape. I think he's got the cape and robe situation. That, and he's got like keep very warm. You know, he, you know, he warms his back. The coat, the cape, right? You know, he hits the back. The heaters. He on the 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 the, the balcony's got little heaters at his feet, and then the doors are open, so he's got he he coming in from the uh, the building. I, I want to know fine. what he wears like chilling at home yeah you know I, what he i mean read my mind like right he's there. not wearing all that like he's, he's got like a matching sweatsuit situation or something i think he's got pope pope pjs pope like, pjs yeah, he's got pope some PJs heaters in there he's got yeah. some all white air force ones just tons every day brand new ones you know he's doing something those guys are given right are right, they so- given a lot of stuff like that's how they do it he needs to do like a Vogue 73 questions so we can like see his house and like he can answer all these videos and uh, these questions in a video. Okay. So, so number one thing this week is <laughs> myth busting. The Pope did not rock Balenciaga. Okay. What else is going on this week? Um, the next thing we want to talk about is this new upcoming docuseries that FX is releasing next month. Um, it is called... The Secrets of Hillsong, um, not to be confused with the other docuseries that came out last year about Hillsong. Um, but this is a new four-part docuseries, and this one features the very first interviews with Carl Lentz and his family since he left Hillsong, New York City in 2020. What what network yep. is this? FX. FX and Hulu. Yeah, it's like legit. It's the Vanity Fair. So the first one was page six mm-hmm. reporting, and they were very much tabloid had no access to anything and it was thrown together. And if you watched it, it was a lot of, uh, you could tell they don't really even understand. It was a lot of like, Ooh, those weirdos sing. Yeah. They stand in a room and look in one direction. I had sing, a you know, How that kind dare of stuff. you guys? Like, I was like, we, I've done that since 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They asked people, yeah. They asked was, people to yeah, serve without yeah. pay. Yeah, I, was, you I know? felt like Bane. Yeah. I was like, I was born in the dark. You merely now, adapted listen, now, to it. I was Now, now listen to how messed up this was. A lot of people that go here actually give 10% of their income. Yeah. To, to this. Yeah, so this yeah. one, uh, the Vanity Fair authors, it's uh, two guys that actually attended the church for like five years. 
And that's why Carl and his family agreed to the interview because the Vanity Fair authors like attended the church and they felt that they would be more fair with the story. Um, and so uh, I know Carl. I mean, just uh, listeners probably know this, but I know Carl. Uh, Carl and his family actually moved to Florida. They moved to Bradenton and lived here for about a year and a half. And so um, we kept in touch uh, over the last several years. And um, so I kind of had a first row uh, you know, kind of seat for their journey over the last couple of years. And I've kept very, very quiet about it. Uh, but I knew about this. Um, I wasn't being quiet about it, like to hide anything. I was just being respectful of their private journey, you know, and, you know, as this is becoming more public, um, you know, I'll probably talk more about it and he'll probably talk more about it as the year goes on. But I can tell you this, like, um, I have no idea what uh, the documentary will say and neither do they. Uh, I do know that unlike the first documentary, this film crew came to their home and interviewed Carl, Laura and the three children for five mm. days, morning to night. Wow. Um, Carl was not in the room when they interviewed Laura and the kids. Um, they did not have edit. They did not have, you know, any sort of oversight. Um, and then the family flew up to New York for more follow-up interviews. Uh, so there was a lot, a lot, a lot of conversations. They also then interviewed a lot of the victims, people involved with uh, New, uh, Australia and other stories involved with Hillsong. So it wasn't just the New York story. Um, it's a very, very thorough documentary from all accounts. It's Vanity Fair. So quality journalism, obviously, is reputable. And if you saw the Hulu documentary uh, about like the Falwells and stuff, you kind of see the caliber. So it's a it's you know, it's something that it probably is a little bit better than a Discovery Plus tabloid uh, thing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. But um, yeah, Carl, and it also came out this week, uh, the news with the family that, uh, you know, we've known for a couple of months, but they recently moved out to Tulsa. Um, they, they're no longer in Florida. They moved out to Tulsa and Carl has a part-time uh, job at uh, Mike Todd's church out there. It's a not a ministry position. It's not a, a public position. It's an administrative position behind the scenes um, as he continues his kind of like restoration journey. It's been two and a half years. Um, he did... You know, a lot of therapy. He had a clerical cubicle job, not a clerical job, but a cubicle job for two years. He's done rehab, several stents. He's been in therapy. The family's still together. And this is his first kind of position in the ministry world. I'm so happy he's back. I'll, I'll just say it. Like, I'm, I love Carl. I think he's incredible. I think he's an incredible leader. I think that everybody fails. I mean, his is just a bigger fail. And he'll probably say it because he's had such a big platform. But I have been affected by his ministry and I have been affected by Carl Lentz and Hillsong and stuff. So I am excited to see him. And I do think that as believers, I mean, you probably will say this in a second, Cam, but like we have to be able to give people a second chance. Like it doesn't disqualify them for life. And now they can't ever live. You know, like I just, come on, like he's an incredible leader for years. We all loved him. And now like he's being villainized, but I will say my favorite thing about Carl is that he admitted he messed up. He didn't hide from me. He said, guys, I messed up. Here's the truth. He's not one of those pastors that, hey, I didn't really do anything wrong. I was, it was the devil that blamed it on. No, he said, I messed up and I'm going to get away. And like, what that's that. Thank you for being one of the few leaders I've ever seen say, I messed up, you know? My my thing, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you, man. My thing is like, if he had tried to shortcut this process, I'd be like, and I'm a friend, right? I would, to his face, tell him you're wrong. But 
I mean, it's been two and a half years and his family is still together. And the woman who had every right in the world to walk away from this yeah. dude is standing with him. That says something to me right there. there. And, um, you know, and she had, you know, it's not unconditional. Yeah. I mean, so the fact two and a half years later, they're still together says something to it's me. It's a redemption story and, right there. Uh, it's a redemption story. Christians should be about grace. And uh, two and a half years later, the fact that he's doing everything that we as Christians should hope he would have done. And the journey's not over and he's not like trying to get back in the pulpit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he and they said in this documentary and what their message is this year as they kind of continue this journey. I'm, I don't know what the documentary it, says. I mean, he told me about it, it but is, I, I'm curious to see how it came it out. Is the emphasis but, of the film, particularly his situation, or is it a broader look? No, at it's, Hillsong? A, it's, a, so. it's a four part. Okay. It's a four part. And I think it, there are probably one or two of the parts, but it definitely goes into Brian, Brian's father. Uh, a lot of the other stuff that's come out since Carl. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a four part. So the first two parts come out May 16th on Hulu and mm. FX simultaneously. And then May 26th are the second two parts. So um, we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, they're in Tulsa. So if you, uh, if you uh, <laughs> hang out around ORU or, or the mall or whatever, you might, if you, go get to sports a, class, you might see yeah. him in a chair. <laughs> Getting his yeah. haircut. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. Tulsa had a like it wasn't an official franchise of one of the, like the sports clips thing. This is now granted, this was uh about 20 years ago. And uh, but they had one that they had it was you could literally shoot hoops. What? Like they had a basketball court uh uh that you could shoot In around. Sports had, clips? Is that where like the head curator is? While you were getting your haircut? No, like, while you were waiting like, your turn. Your... While you're waiting your turn. Okay, so uh, not while the scissors no, are to your head. <laughs> I don't think this. It was. It was. It was like. It was like a sport cuts or something, oh, like with a Z. Like it, it was. That. It was off brand, uh, and it's, it, it felt like they actually. They actually, you know, somehow came into possession of this old basketball gym, and just put barber chairs around it. It was a great concept. That's amazing. And, and they, it, yeah, it was. People it getting was, the head smacked with a ball because you try to do a three point like Curry. I'm just telling you, waiting. Th there's nothing more boring than just waiting to get your hair cut. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's awkward. So, but 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 but, but like at the barbershop, you get cooked. So like you're gonna get out there and like shoot and stuff, <laughs> and like all these dudes getting their hair cut are just like yeah, roasting roast you, you the entire time. Roasting. No, I'd thank you. I'd be a part Make of those roasting. Roast I'm not doing pickup ball. It works. Makes it more fun. I'm not doing pickup ball in front of the barbershop. No, thanks. Way more fun. You know. You can you know you can sit there and noodle on the phone you know play a little wordle or whatever yeah. or you can get up there get some shots up you okay? can watch I'm world star in the Dominican barbershop or you can go to this one and you can play basketball you can watch people getting their heads cut off it I don't know if you guys know like these Miami barbershops they put like TV on that you've never seen it's like it's like police videos like auditing and stuff like that constantly they always have like uncensored videos like every barbershop in Miami is like if it's owned by Puerto Ricans it's gonna have some world star something it's a crazy a smack DVD at least this one's wholesome at least this one doesn't have um, <laughs> eyes wide shut being played in front of a four year old while he's getting his hair cut in that little cushion you know I, that's my barbershop you know my barbershop is actually a Christian barbershop actually which is funny I just started going to a Christian one so so we actually were watching Fast and the Furious yesterday, Cam. You would have loved it. That's how I quoted solid it. Christian That's movie. Yeah, yeah. Solid Christian movie. Yeah, solid Christian movie. Dude, Tul <laughs> Tulsa's, here's Tulsa in a nutshell. When I went, I went to college there and I was walking around the mall and I realized 
that the music that I was hearing overhead at the mall was Our God is an Awesome God. Amen. And I was no, like, wait, they're, no. they're playing they're Christian, Christian music at the mall? Yeah. Like, where am I? <laughs> you know. What? So, yeah, man. That's that's Tulsa. All right. Uh, what else you got, Emily? Uh, the last thing that I'm really excited to talk about is um, last week, Lana Del Rey dropped her uh, latest album. And on it was a very special interlude by someone we all know. Uh, Pastor Judah Smith had a feature on Lana Del Rey's album. Lana is so strange. One of the most beautiful musicians. Uh, like the music is just evocative and vulnerable. And this album is incredibly confessional and just really moving, but also explicit. Like it is yeah. like like the F word in the hook and like, just like crazy and uh, like very sexually explicit and stuff. And then, but she goes to Judas church. And so in the middle of one of his sermons, she gets her phone out and starts recording one of his sermons on her phone. And so the interlude after track four is four minutes of one of Judas sermons talking about the fact that she, that he struggles with, vanity in the sense that he always thought when he preaches he was he was making it about god but he realized that his pride ultimately when he he was really good at preaching and he realized that really when he was preaching he was making it about himself and really and so lana was realizing that her own struggle was the same thing about vanity and like even her desire for relationships and intimacy and stuff like that. It was selfish and it was vanity. And, and so like she played this clip from Judah's sermon and then this thematic album about vanity and selfishness and the pursuit of, of pleasure and all this stuff. And Judah Smith clip is in the middle of it and is literally right after two explicit songs. It's, it's the craziest juxtaposition, but you hear it recorded on her phone and here's a clip of it. You get to love, you haven't talked to somebody, I want a new life. I don't love my wife anymore. I don't love my kids anymore. Missing out on life, they're usually my age. Does that sound like love? It's a life dominated with lust. And for too long, they've been holding on. But finally, they just get weak and they say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's four and a half minutes long. It is, um, again, just like a snippet of the sermon, but it really does sum up like so much of these ideas that Lana's talking about in her new album. Um, Lust and idolatry. And, yeah. Right? I gotta hear this album. I gotta hear it It's now. good. It's incredible. Yeah. It is explicit, yeah. so. I thought you were joking at first, but oh, perfect, no. then I want to hear it. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know, I didn't know, I mean, I could definitely, Judah is like an amazing communicator and he mm-hmm. has yeah. the whole vibe, but I didn't know he, I thought that was a joke. I didn't think he was really mm-hmm. on it. I heard someone tell me that my wife was like, you know, Judah Smith's on the yeah. album. I'm like, yeah. Well, okay. they announced when she announced the track list a couple months ago, or when she announced the album a couple months ago, you know, she said like it mentioned there's a few different features on there, and one of them was Judah Smith. And I, I think a lot of people thought like that surely that can't be, you know, Pastor Judah Smith. That's gotta yeah. be someone else. But then she came out and was like, No, I want to thank my pastors, Judah Smith, for allowing me to record his sermon and include it in the album. And so everyone was kind of like, What is like what in what world is a Judah is a Judah Smith? sermon going to be on a Lana album and then you listen to the song or you listen to the full album with the song on it and you mm. get it um and i think yeah like Cameron said like it it really is so interesting how this sermon does sum up a lot of the things that like 
she's thinking through. And I think the best line in the sermon is actually sort of at the end, but he says, I used to think my preaching was mostly about you and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I've discovered my preaching is mostly about me. And like, that's how it, it's just like a mic drop moment. So, so good. Did, did Justin Bieber ever have a Judas Smith? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had they did he an did, Easter right? album. He right? did scripture he reading. Did yeah. Yeah. Wow, man, Judas killing it right now. <laughs> What's, what was funny is like, like watching mainstream media, like, 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 be confused by Judah. Like, number one, they didn't know who he was. They're like, you know, Hillsong pastor Judah Smith. And it's like, okay, first of all, yeah. he's never been to Hillsong, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. but number two, like, they don't know what a sermon is, so they thought yeah. like he was paraphrasing scripture, and it's yeah. like. Um, yeah, there was, I was reading it. like another article about it and they were like, he was quoting scripture and then using his own words and paraphrasing it. And I was like, yeah, there's a word for that. It's called a sermon. It's called a sermon. <laughs> we, it's called preaching. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's very interesting anyway. to watch, um, like non-church media outlets, M- music journalists, yeah, yeah music to, journalists be like, confused by what in the world that is. Like yeah. just come to relevant magazine. Like we it. got this. Yeah. I love it. We I love it. I love when I love when church and culture connect. That's the cool I love thing. it. I want to hear I want to hear an artist do one, but it's like you know, just like a straight down the middle, like you know, suburban evangelical pastor. <laughs> that's like, all right, I'm going to break down the word cares. See, <laughs> we're going to start with the C, Christ likeness, and it's just like a cheesy acronym right in the middle of like the the most fire track ever. And just just Ar- break- Arctic Monkeys new album has a Rick Warren clip in the middle of it, like. <laughs> And the acronym goes in between like every other track through, <laughs> the, through the album. We have Matt Chandler here featured Christ on the Awareness, <laughs> righteousness, evangelism, savior. Empathy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every head bowed, every it. eye closed, please. <laughs> when I count to three, put your hand up. Emily, I love the fact that we had like, you know, Carl Lentz, big kind of in our lane, kind of big news. We had this big Lana Del Rey culture and faith colliding clip moment. And you started off with the Pope Balenciaga photo. Like it the just, most. It has been on my un, mind all week. Unimportant. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I think Emily's got her finger on her pulse. That was, it was, it was all I saw for like two days. It was yeah, as the if. The dope Pope yeah, is true. very important. Okay. So. The dope Pope. The dope Pope. I love that. That's good. All right. All right. Moving on. Stay tuned. Up next, Royal Lotus joins us. Listening to Dwellers, the song is driving. A lot of you are probably doing that right now. Our guest today is Royal Otis. Uh, Royal Maddell and Otis Pavlovic are two Australian best friends who've been creating some pretty great music over the last few years. We sat down with them to talk about their quick rise to become one of the most exciting upcoming indie bands and the new music they've been dropping lately. 
Uh, they're featured in the spring issue of Relevant, which if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you know it just came out and is available right now over at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. You can read our feature with them. But here's part of our conversation with Royal Otis. I think a good place to start would be really going back to the beginning. So, like, how did each of you first get started in music? Uh, I think I just, when I started, I, my dad played guitar. And so he was always kind of like writing songs and singing songs. And he, I think after a while, I just guess I started copying him and then slowly learned how he played. And then after a while, just gradually got more and more, I guess, into it and then learning different songs and then started kind of trying to come up with my own. Roy? I just got in a lot of trouble at school and the like uh, I started seeing a school therapist who was a music teacher so I just ended up playing music through that <laughs> and yeah it's just to occupy my, my mind. start off like just kind of having fun or did y'all go into it intentionally like you wanted to make something together we, we definitely wanted to make something like we had we had a whole plan sort of thing we didn't stick to the plan but um we were going to release things in in waves in like so it would be like a you know demo sort of sounding stuff and bedroom sounding stuff and bit more hectic and just like with the production just progress and progress like yeah natural progression what made y'all change from the plan life's too short man um the change <laughs> change was we ended up just getting in the studio and then just going no bedroom demos we used the demos um like the songs that we had already written that were demos but we went straight to the studio instead because our friend Roy's friend at the time, I don't know him, but he had a studio just around the corner. So we ended up going there for a few weeks and recording our first EP. It was a bit of both. Like, it was fun. Yeah. Um, just felt right. Yeah. And are there any other bands that you think, like, influence your sound? I wouldn't really say bands do. Uh, I like I like solo artists more than more than I do bands. And um, like like Frank Ocean, I think is like he's done it amazing start to finish. Um, he he would be one of my biggest influences. I think for you, Otis, it's a bit more old school. Yeah, I would say some some bands influence my. Music taste for sure, but like the cure, would you say? Cure, yeah, Joy Division, all that kind of 80s new wave. Modern up. lovers, modern lovers, and then also he's got his own stuff, Jonathan Richmond, which I like yeah. a lot. His solo stuff, Velvet uh, Underground, we both like. Oh, yeah, Velvet Underground, my god, yes. Um, also, Sinead O'Connor, oh, love her stuff. Like that, um, 
What's that one that you used to listen to after school? Emperor's New Clothes. Emperor's New Clothes. I <laughs> <laughs> love that track. Do you want to ask about the name of the EP, Sofa Kings? What where is that from? It's um, it's it's kind of like a, it's a bit of a pun that um is related to our next single that I think is coming up on the thirty first of March called Sofa King. But we just like wanted to make our EPs sound like they were a company name rather than a um. Like a band, you know? Like we had Bar and Grill. We're just expanding our empire and digging into different different companies and but it's good. <laughs> just stupid really. Hey, as long as it's y'all are having fun, I feel like that's the key. Yeah, right? That's it. See it, Emily man. You got it. That was Royal Otis. Make sure to check out their latest EP, Sofa Kings. It's out now. And check out our feature with them in the new issue of Relevant. It's out now. Stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Listening to Fleece. The song is It's the Life. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week we asked you, we got talking about reality competition shows, reality TV. I admitted that I have been on a <laughs> you know, this hot new reality Survivor Obsession. Survivor what? kick. I've been watching Survivor for the first time. And uh I have I I'm still watching it. I have been updating the staff every day about the episodes that I've been binging the night before. I am How, what, uh, what watching the current season now i am on the current season i've caught all the way up to the 39 39 no 40 44 start at the beginning like with no 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 okay. no 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 i started i there's started, some good started beginning like 40. Clips. there's some good remember clips rupert remember rupert rupert what oh that, that's yeah. rupert. That, that guy i watched i will say i watched one when it came out and then i didn't watch it ever again and then i caught back up at 40 so um, I'm trying to get fun, to watch man. a season that has Ozzy on it because I loved Ozzy. Remember Boston, Boston Rob, what an icon. Boston yeah. Rob. Boston I'm, Rob. Yeah. I, I know Boston Rob because he was in 40. It was all the winners from the previous, it was winners at war. So I, I met all your big 
Pavlova or whatever her name is. Like all your characters that you no guys poverty. were talking about. I, you know. Anyway, I'm watching. I'm watching Survivor. They, they, they're they are straight up icons in the Survivor world. You know, is Rupert still around? <laughs> Does he still rock that tie dye with the big beard? You guys remember? Rupert. No, I. I I, I think because he went to jail for tax evasion, they don't associate with him if anymore. If you win money on Survivor, that should be untaxable, in my opinion. Like, it, <laughs> it, like Uncle Sam does not need... I won this in the jungle. That is out of sight of your yeah. jurisdiction. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uncle Sam, hands off yeah. Survivor money. That, you know? I got a staph infection from sitting on a log. I deserve this million dollars. <laughs> I had... <laughs> Dude. I had to lie to my best friend's face and vote him off an island in front of millions of people. You're not taking a dime... <laughs> You know, tax man. Hey, at the end of 43, spoiler alert, the guy who won for the first time ever, like as he was handed the money, as he won it, he said, thank you. I'm donating all million dollars to veterans with PTSD and disabilities. Oh, and that's amazing. I'm not taking a dollar of this. Here you go. It's and amazing he, like, to be rich when you get money. Yeah, it's okay. It's amazing no, he, to get, he's not he's, rich. Please tell me he has money. No, he did that. He's 51 years old. He has a wife and three kids and he's struggling, but his dad and uncles had PTSD and uh, injuries from it. the war. And it's been a lifelong thing. He works in an ER. He's not a doctor. He's like a catheter guy. He's just a working man, but his whole family has struggled because of the war and veterans issues. And he's like, they need it more than me. I have a good job. And he donated all million dollars. And I was just like, That's everybody's in tears. Isn't that crazy? That is awesome. At the I end of 43. That. I love that, that, that man. I'm free. Really I'm cool. Yeah, that is awesome. And by the <laughs> way, there's no shame in, in a catheter related profession. I was out to dinner with some, mm -hmm. with some people, you know, like a grown up dinner where you kind of, Hey, so what do you do for a living? You know? And we're all kind of chit chatting. Oh, and I asked one guy who's like, he just looked at me dead in the eyes and he goes, catheter sales and just stared at me. I'm like, that's cool. People need them. I mean, I'm sure it's a good business, you know? Cool, man. <laughs> so we went to Twitter and asked you guys for your ideas for a brand new reality TV competition series. You hit us up at Relevant Podcasts, and here are some of our favorite replies. There are a lot of them, okay. by the way. You guys have a lot of ideas. Yeah. Ben Stroop had a few, but this one might be my favorite. It's called Am I Street? And he describes it as a scared straight slash Nathan for you crossover. That kids from the suburbs who think they're tough are dropped off in a rough neighborhood. Rough has quotes around it. Everyone else is a hired <laughs> actor, but the kids don't know that. Whoever goes home crying last wins. I mean, I'd watch oh. it. I'd watch it. Yeah. I love Nathan for you. So anything Nathan for you esque, yeah. I'm in. Wait, my wife and I were talking. Ba Braxton Nutt says, my wife and I were talking, love at first sight spinoff, a marriage retreat with the walls up component. How would that work? What does he mean? Love is blind. Love is blind. But still, like, what are you doing? Separating the couples? You know who the other, you know, it's your wife. What's I guess because you what? can't see them. I think like, you the, know who like, it is, though. <laughs> yeah I, I see the vision we just need to think about it a little bit yeah. I, I like i like john b's and i i can only assume it's john b of outer banks fame um uh, yeah, i know he's a big fan i think it's i think it's i think it's <laughs> the 90s r&b singer john I, b. I know i know he I, or it's the the serial protagonist uh or s-town protagonist john b um okay Hosts slash judges of long-winning reality shows compete against each other in a different reality competition each week. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay has to sink. <laughs> Simon Powell does the amazing race. RuPaul on Survivor. It'd be amazing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm here for it. I want to see Jeff Brost, uh, you know, uh, like cooking, like, is it, is it cake or something? I always yeah. want to see the hosts like competing in the competitions because they're just sitting there. 
looking nice. And I'm like, I need you to stand on the log for an hour straight and tell me if you can do this. Yeah, Jeff. Don't they have, it's called dancing with the stars, right? They all just go to dancing with the stars. Oh, yeah. We just get to see them uh, dance in a ballroom. It's very nice. Jeff Probst <laughs> is an amazing host, by the way. He really is. He is, he is a skill. It is a Has skill. Has he been the entire yeah. host the, the entire, entire time? And he makes self-deprecating jokes. So he's been doing this what for 22 years. And yeah. like, dude, the man is 61 years old and looks like he's not a day over 38. Like he is Whoa. an Adonis. Well, and he takes it serious. That's what makes it fun. Is yeah. like he's into it. Skincare you know, routine. He cares, you know. <laughs> he's out there in Living Fiji, in the man. It's all the salt yeah. and the and the papayas and the, you know. Yeah. He's living the good life. Who's that other guy? Who's that other actor who has never aged and he was on um he uh Rob Rob yeah. Lowe? Like he oh, never Rob aged. Lowe. He oh, aged yeah. very slowly, like some Pharrell level yeah. aging. Like Pharrell, from Tommy dude. Boy to to like even all these new shows. I'm like, he still looks great. And then, and then there's yeah. uh like Steve Martin who turned fifty at age twenty and just stayed. Just stayed. Yeah. <laughs> he had, I, I got the Steve Martin hair right now. I love Steve Martin. That's why he's my inspiration for this. This and Ellen DeGeneres. Got the yep. Steve Martin hair going on here. So Bethany says it's called True Worshippers. Youth group bands battle it out by playing worship songs that are different but share the same title. I love so, it. So I you give that. them a title, Ooh. you have to write a totally different <laughs> worship song. I like it. I think that's hilarious. I think that would be great. Yeah. I think, you know, when I first got saved, the first time I went to church, I didn't know that they didn't write those songs. I thought the person singing it wrote it. And I was, I walked up to the worship leader. I'm like, this is like Inside Out. It was a Hillsong song. I'm like, Inside Out. I'm like, how did you, you're, you, this could go, this could be a huge song. He's like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm like, you wrote it, right? Cause I just didn't know. I'm like, he was like, right. no, it's a song. I'm like, so you're just doing karaoke. I, I, the whole time I thought that you wrote it cause I just never experienced church. I was like, oh, I thought I was, yeah. He's like, and do you want to, would you like to buy a watch at the very end yeah, of your conversation? Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, actually, you can't say worship leader because they copyrighted that. Do you guys hear about that? Yeah. Do you guys uh, hear we about were, that? Dude, we were part of that. Last we were, week's episode? Dude, no, yeah. no, no. We were, we were uh, part of that getting out. <laughs> they were not the happy with us. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you serious? Yeah. We got some emails. Oh, okay, you're like uh, Jason's. Like we're gonna cut this entire part out. No, 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 no. Just leave it out. No, no, no. We can tell the story. So we saw the yeah. <clears throat> rogue worship leader posted on social media that he had been contacted uh, legally that he can't use the term worship leader by Worship Leader Magazine, and so we posted about that. <laughs> worship Leader Magazine. And then Worship Leader Magazine got very upset with us that we were misrepresenting what happened. So we then posted what they had to say. And mm -hmm. so then now then they posted all these like statements about the misinformation campaign about all this. So we kind of caused all that. So um, I love so, it. That's great. Hi. I love the chaos. Go relevant. But yeah. I didn't know there was a Worship Leader Magazine. Yeah, there's it's a worship leader magazine. So so here's the thing. It was a whole bunch of misunderstanding and we and our coverage was accurate. Okay, our coverage was accurate. What happened was they own a trademark, they do, to worship leader magazine, just like I own the trademark to relevant magazine. Mm. I do not own the word relevant, nor do they own the words worship leader. Okay. So they uh there were accounts on Facebook that were confusing the brand worship leader oh. and somebody at worship leader kind of had flagged, Hey, by the way, this is like looking like they're trying to co-op our brand. And so Facebook went too far and 
flagging too many accounts that use the words <laughs> worship leader. And Rogue Worship Leader was one of those accounts. And so he went public saying, worship leader is complaining to Facebook about me and they're trying to say they own the copyright. It was Facebook that went too far, not worship oh. leader. Okay. And it was oh. not legal and it wasn't copyright enforcement, blah, 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 blah. It was Facebook just doing what Facebook does. Well, but it gave me a great idea. What's that? And so I have trademarked the term worship leader and I will be pursuing litigation. <laughs> I actually pursued an idea. I've talked to legal. You know, yeah, uh, the legal at relevant has helped yeah, me. I mean, you planted the seed, and uh, you know, I'm, you know, I just want a small piece of of every tithe. That's it. And That's I'm going to trademark lead pastor, so no one can use it. that anymore. Just lead I pastor. It. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for your feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. So earlier in the show, uh, our very own Marty uh, admitted that he had a little hustle going in high school, selling watches and candy and other things to make friends at the real school that he attended. Cards, and the whole thing. The whole thing. And so we got us thinking, we wanted to know, did you have a hustle in school growing up to make a little extra cash on the side that maybe your parents didn't know about? And if so, what was it? How'd you make a little extra cash outside of a normal this job? This wasn't high school. Uh, this was middle school. But I would, we, you okay. know, I can't, I, it was a, I remember distinctly a babysitter left over. Remember the, they were, they were like, the, they were like little transparent little tackle box things. That had like yeah, little squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It had like beads, beads. and, and <laughs> the strings and yeah. stuff. And 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 the babysitter yeah. was like, "Hey, this will be something to do when we we'll come babysit." And she left it. I saw an opportunity, and me and my brother, you know, we we threw together a couple of quick uh, friendship bracelets, and you know, walked around the neighborhood selling them, basically obligating our neighbors to to purchase them, even though they were t objectively terrible friendship bracelets, you know. But if you use enough guilt, or like, hey, we're, you know, I think we were using some line like, oh, we're trying to learn the nuance, you know, about business or whatever. <laughs> suckers we're just trying to pawn off some cheap bracelets that are babysitter left over thanks for the six bucks sucker <laughs> wait six bucks for a friendship bracelet that's expensive you should go with the five i found out my kid in third in third and fourth grade i pack his lunch every day i found out he was going to school selling all of his lunch items to the other I kids getting the cash and then going up to the concession stands and getting junk food that's what listen yeah, she's an entrepreneur. Yeah, you should be proud of yeah, absolutely you should be proud of him and i was paying you know added up i'm paying six seven <laughs> bucks for what's in his lunchbox he was getting ten twelve dollars going <laughs> up there eating it. like a king just flipping his lunch every it. day I'm flipping, like, he's like seven eight eight like years old i was so mad at him that's when a I good tv out. show right there there you go kids flipping lunches <laughs> kid hustlers yeah kid you guys hustlers. remember selling uh world's famous chocolate bars in school remember those oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. world's finest i think it was called and it would come in like a whole box and it had like four flavors like milk chocolate dark chocolate crispy and then caramel and oh, then yeah. you'd sell it and stuff yeah that that was also a hustle i'm pretty sure everyone had to do well, a middle school or well not only that i remember elementary. wrapping paper had a moment where it's like oh you gotta you gotta oh, sell yeah, that wrapping yeah. paper yeah oh, wow. i have. forgot it's about that yeah it's like dude who's I, don't, I don't want this expensive. <laughs> why is it on us yeah, to do yeah, it? Like, yeah. why was it on us? The schools had zero <laughs> yeah, what, money. What do you mean the marching yeah. band? What, what, what happened to the marching band budget? Why are we? Why are we? 
wholesaling wrapping paper. <laughs> like, give me a break. I have to buy my own drumsticks. Like, no, what are we I, doing I here, manage, guys? I got to manage a bunch of wrapping paper inventory just so I got to keep the money folded <laughs> in my backpack and hopefully no one steals it out of a, an envelope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to right. get jumped on the way to school. Yeah. yeah who knows? Us, all right. Hit us up. Uh, tell us your uh, elementary school hustle or middle school hustle or high school hustle. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Roland Podcast. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Royal Otis for joining us. Make sure to uh, check out our feature with them and uh, the new issue of Relevant. The spring issue is available now. You can read the ad-supported version at the website. Just click on the magazine tab. It's right there. If you want to see the beautiful, enhanced, interactive edition that the design is, it looks like our print edition. It's beautiful, but guess what? It's even better because it's digital and interactive and has a lot of... uh, you know, music and stuff you can watch and move around. It's really cool. Uh, you can get that by becoming a subscriber to Relevant Plus. Uh, members get an ad-free uh, viewing experience at relevantmagazine.com. You get an ad-free version of this podcast. You get an exclusive subscriber podcast each week as well. And more to come this year. Plans start as low as two fifty a month. And you can find out all the info by clicking the Relevant Plus tab right there at relevantmagazine.com. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to uh, check out all of our daily content we're publishing. If it's too much content covering the intersection of faith and culture uh, every day, you can just get the best of the best by signing up for our newsletter. It's our top five trending stories. We'll send it to your inbox every weekday morning. You can sign up right there on the homepage at relevantmagazine.com or on the sidebar of any of the article pages. And uh, of course, you can just follow us on all the socials as well. We uh, push everything out on Facebook and Twitter every day and a couple of things over on Instagram and uh, TikTok. Um, Marty, thanks for joining us, dude. Everybody, check out their new album. It's called Everybody Loves a Comeback Story. It's phenomenal. If you haven't checked out their library, head over to Spotify and Apple Music and check out all their stuff. They are one of my favorite hip-hop groups, and we love that you guys hang out with us and are friends of the podcast and stuff, dude. We always have a blast hanging out with you. Thanks for being on the show. You guys are great. And on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Marty. We will see you on uh, Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. On Sunday, April 2nd, celebrate Jesse. It's his 40th birthday. Have him in mind. Say a little prayer. Woo! And, and remember, if you have a you tough guys. decision in your adult life, just think, <laughs> how would a, 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 an emotionally immature, uh, reckless 14-year-old behave? And just do that. And it's worked out for me up to yeah. now. So that's my <laughs> advice. There you go. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I'm all about regressing. Relevant Podcast Network.